Shalom, my friend. That word means wholeness and well-being in the original Hebrew language, and that is my prayer for you. Welcome to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. Hey there, I'm Michelle, and I love all things Jesus, business, books, and church finances. I help church finance individuals just like you go from feeling confused and frustrated with what you don't know about church finances to being more confident in your role. And if that sounds like something that interests you, then this is definitely the podcast for you. So grab your favorite notebook and pen or your laptop in the dream God gave you because we're doing this. Let's serve him with excellence. Welcome back. I am so tickled to have you here with me today. In today's episode, we are going to touch on internal controls. And this episode I have entitled Trust But Verify. And that phrase is actually a quote from former President of the United States, Ronald Reagan. He made this expression well known during the Cold War while addressing the need for reducing nuclear arms. This concept is also very relevant when relating it to the need for sound internal controls within a church setting. We want to trust those in financial administration positions, but we also want to be able to verify that they are on the up and up, not only for the church's protection, but for the individual as well. To begin the journey to having the best internal controls possible, we need to start with choosing the right staff and or volunteers who have financial responsibilities in and for your church. So know from the beginning, no internal control is perfect because human beings are involved and we are imperfect beings. Mistakes will happen. Temptation will overtake. Situations we hope never occur do sometimes occur. That's just the way it is. Listen to this stat. Todd Johnson, who's the co-director of the Center for the Study of Global Christianity, told Christianity Today in an interview from April of 2022 and quote, Trust is important to religious organizations, but misplaced trust can lead to financial fraud and churches need to take steps to protect themselves from people who will take advantage of their goodwill. Embezzlement will cost, listen to this people, churches $170 billion in the year 2050 if current trends continue. Seriously, did you hear that staggering figure? $170 billion dollars will be embezzled from churches. That doesn't include the embezzlement that happens in small businesses and in the private sector. That is just for churches only. So church, we need to step up our internal controls and that starts with choosing the right people. How do we practically do that? I am going to give you a few suggestions here and we're going to start with background checks. Every individual who will have access to your financial resources needs to have a background check. This includes people who count your money, the church bookkeeper, your church treasurer, your church administrator, anybody who will make the bank deposit or enter money transactions into your church bookkeeping or reporting software. So again, That should cover everybody and anybody who has anything to do with finances for the church. To some, this may seem like a little overkill, but to others, this may seem like a no-brainer. But if you are considering hiring a bookkeeper who recently served time for theft or even writing bad checks, you may want to reconsider. (laughs) Just saying. 
Now keep in mind that the crime must fit the job requirements, so check with your local attorney for guidance on hiring laws and have background checks applied to specific situations because it does matter. Um, just because somebody has something negative that shows up in their background check, you can't use that to say, oh, they have a back, you know, they have a record, we can't hire them. That can be considered discrimination. So I'm serious when you say you need to check with a local attorney for guidance on hiring laws. And the second thing that you need to do is you need to make sure that the individuals you place in finance positions are actually qualified, that they are capable of becoming qualified for the position. And I understand people, everybody starts somewhere. Again, I shared in the um, in the first episode of how I got I started with zero bookkeeping experience, and everybody needs to start somewhere because nobody is born with the knowledge of how to properly handle um, bookkeeping, but especially handling aspects of church finances. We're going to look at this in two different directions here. First of all, I'm going to cover what do you need to do for an individual that's hired for a church finance position staff position or a volunteer and then we'll touch on if you're going to outsource your bookkeeping and payroll first of all if you're hiring somebody for a staff position or if a volunteer is going to take care of your finances a church bookkeeper and treasurer especially they need to have at least some type of finance background when i came into the church setting originally i had numerous years of secular bookkeeping And yes, it helped because a lot of stuff I knew, but there was so much stuff that was different. And had I not had any experience at all, I honestly don't know how well I would have done and how quick I would have caught on or what things I needed to look for that I knew about. If you're going to hire a church bookkeeper or a treasurer, they need to at least know the basics of bookkeeping. They need to know um, reporting, how to read a financial report, have some banking experience, know what to look for, how to reconcile a bank account, how to, you know, read the financial reports. Anything in finance is a start, okay? It doesn't have to be church bookkeeping. It doesn't have to be nonprofit bookkeeping, but they need to have some type of financial accounting bookkeeping background. Next, they must be willing to complete continuing education to gain the knowledge and expertise they need to do the job with excellence. This is huge for me, people, and you're going to find out as we go forward, continuing education is vital to the internal controls and to the success of your church finance office. Because think about it, if somebody is not willing to learn how to do their job better, is that somebody you really want taking care of your finances? Again, they must under they must be willing to complete continuing education. If they don't understand what they're doing, how can they explain it to senior leadership and others who ask about the church's financial status and procedures? There's nothing more frustrating than to have a staff member preparing your financial records And then you go to them to ask them a question and it's just like a deer in the headlights, I think is the saying. They have no idea how to explain it. They don't understand what the numbers mean. It's just that's what the software printed out, so it has to be right. So there are some great resources available to help teach church finances. In addition to this podcast, which I'm hoping will be um, a regular place of inspiration and education to you, the ultimate online source for learning 
church finances and clergy taxes is churchlawandtax.com. They are like the top dog in this arena. You can check them out. And all of these uh, addresses, these links will be down in the show notes. Also, another great online resource is freechurchaccounting.com. I actually know the lady personally. Um, We are confidants and uh, you will probably be hearing from her at some point. So she's got great resources. QuickBooksMadeEasy.com. They offer great courses for houses of worship if you use QuickBooks software. And then, of course, my Facebook group, which is uh, Church for Church Bookkeeping and Tax Help. It's a great resource because we have over, currently, as of today's recording, over 1,200 fellow church bookkeepers, treasurers, volunteers, bookkeeping, and tax professionals who serve the church community. And that Facebook group is just a phenomenal resource. The people in there do a really great job of helping each other. So those are some resources that can help you. Volunteers should always, always, always be trained for the specific area they are serving in. Financial policies and procedures need to be in place and a training program should be a part of that process. So every year or every two years, whenever you do your, have your nominating team, individuals, switch up and you got new people moving onto your team, especially for your finance team, your stewardship team, your personnel team. These people, you need to have a training available for them so that they know what they're doing. They know why they're doing. They're not just filling a spot on the card. They're not just checking off their, oh, I'm volunteering for this box, but they're actually there with intention and purpose and they know why they're there. So that takes care of the individual hired for church finance staff position or volunteer. So now let's move to outsourced bookkeeping and payroll provider. Please, please, please listen to me people. Do not hire an outside bookkeeper just because they fit your budget or because it's a church member's second cousin or they say, sure, we serve all industries, no problem. Okay, if you are going to outsource, and I'm all for it if it's the right fit, because that's what our firm does. Does if you're going to outsource, find a company that knows church finances. Not every CPA or bookkeeping or tax firm understands church finances. I know this personally; it's just a fact. So not every bookkeeper understands the unique nuances of church bookkeeping payroll, or the internal workings of the church budgeting process, the approval processes, the difference between, you know, the the designated funds, the restricted funds, the building fund, the this fiscal year, you know, if you, your church decides your fiscal year, instead of being on a calendar year, it goes from September to August and how that affects your reports and what needs to be done? What taxes do churches pay? What taxes do they not pay? Do What filings do they need to file? A church may be a business, and it is, but it is unlike a normal secular business, and it is unique even within the nonprofit sector itself. So if you're looking to outsource, do your homework on the potential service providers, and I want you to write down these questions because if you're going to consider outsourcing, I want you to do these five questions, okay? Number one, ask them what percentage of their clientele are churches, because that makes a difference. 
Um, we actually gave up a client a couple of years ago who was a church in another state. And the pastor had asked me for my his, for guidance on an issue that he was dealing with. Well, he didn't like the answer I gave him, but I gave him IRS um, authoritative sources and he still didn't like it. So he found him another bookkeeper who had zero church experience, zero church experience. I had to explain to her how to properly do his payroll because she didn't even understand church payroll, but yet she was going to process his payroll. So just because somebody says, oh, we serve every industry, we have clients from everywhere, that is not good enough, okay? You need to ask them what percentage of their clientele are churches. Second of all, ask them how long have you worked in the church industry? Again, just like with hiring a staff member, everybody starts somewhere, okay? But you really want to either... If they don't have, if they haven't been working with church clients real long, ask them, okay, what type of credentials do you have, if any? Um, are you a CPA? Are you an enrolled agent? Are you a certified bookkeeper? Are you a certified, um, what is it, church administrator that you can get through the church network? Um, there are different types of training that even if they don't have church clients yet, they can still get training that will prepare them more than others to take on church clients. Okay. Uh, question number four, you want to ask them, do you understand clergy payroll and housing allowance? This one is huge, people. Most even professional third-party payroll processors do not understand clergy payroll and housing allowance. Please, 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 when you outsource your payroll, make sure that the company that you're going with understands what it is. And you know what? Ask them to explain it to you. Ask them, okay, what makes it special? How is it different? And if they can't explain it to you, don't go with them. And if they get offended, that should also be a red flag. And then any other questions you may want to ask. So never be afraid to ask questions of potential providers as they should welcome the questions within reason, of course. Sometimes you can go too far um, and get down, you know, the nitty gritty, but be respectful of the individual because they are supposed to be professionals, but at the same time, make sure they are a professional, if that makes any sense. All right, and I think that should about cover it. I know there was a lot there, but I'm gonna try and fill in in the show notes as much as possible. I'll definitely get those links in there for you. I will get the five questions that you need to ask for outsourced uh, bookkeeping and payroll providers. And until next time, if you've got any questions, my um, connection info is down there. You can shoot me an email. You can request to join one of my Facebook groups or you can comment. You can leave a comment or a review. And thank you again for joining me today. And until next time, keep representing him well. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If this podcast has inspired you or helped you in any way, please do me a couple favors. Number one, if you would leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, that would help me tremendously and more than you know in my rankings. And number two, share this with somebody who you think it could be helpful for. And until next week, I hope you have a blessed day. Bye-bye.